Hey, I'm Josh Young. And I'm Josh Dillon. And you're listening to the Pink and Black Playback, a 4 out of 10 podcast chronicling the 10 out of 10 career of one Brett the Hitman Hart, where we cover all the highs, the lows, and the pinky middles. Disgusting. <laughs> oh, great. I love it. And today we are covering the 1997 film sensation, <laughs> Wrestling with Shadows. Yeah, the A&E, A&E biography, if you can believe it. Uh, m- might be my favorite documentary of all time. This is our very first uh, film review, wrestling film review. We're going to be doing this uh, on and off, testing the waters here. Thought we'd give you a little variety in your podcasting. Yeah, and uh, this is definitely a, a an interesting one to go with. I feel like we, everybody has heard Montreal Screwjob a million fucking times. Yeah, but what does it mean? <laughs> you know, it's just, if anything, I try to look at this as like, we're looking at such a pinnacle moment in wrestling history. It's important for a podcast, if you're talking about Bret Hart, you should at least fucking look at this documentary. Um, what would you compare What would you compare this to? Like, would you call this the 9-11 of wrestling? Or would you call the sale of WCW the 9-11 of wrestling? Not even either of those things <laughs> that I put in that fucking category. Holy shit, what's wrong with you? Oh, no, no, no. You would compare you this. No, you would compare the, the screw job to the Kennedy assassination. Okay, that's better. That's better. That, that's what it felt like. It felt like one of our last heroes was murdered in yeah, front of us all. That was. You know, it was just mentioning missing Jackie O running over and holding his head. <laughs> that was it. So, Anvil with the pink pillbox oh, hat. If, oh, this would have been so much better. <laughs> if he was still wearing that at that time. Oh, my you know? God. <laughs> this. Uh, so for those of you that do not know, um, hi, welcome to the podcast. You probably never listened to us before. Um, but <laughs> thanks this, to the few that do. <laughs> this documentary is famous because it caught a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that took place during, before and after the uh, a famous Montreal Screwjob where. Uh, Brett was against his knowing, uh, lost a match, and the belt was taken off of him bef- so as to supposedly prevent him from bringing the belt with him to, to WCW. WCW. Yeah. Um, there's been 25 years of fucking shoot interviews since this, so there's a lot of more information. This is not the be-all and end-all for info, and again, uh, <laughs> we ain't researching shit. Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to try and base this conversation off of this movie. So, Josh, do you want to maybe... Um, start us out with how it starts. We get a little in media res here. Yes. Uh, how does it start? <laughs> I know it's like you go to a car crash and someone's asking you to describe it's it. Because right? you're all it's like the because the documentary really is all over the place. Like it just jumps up and down. Well, it starts with uh, Brett walking down a hotel hallway. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, got some kind yeah. of talking about what the plans are for the match, match what's going yeah. on, and it's interspersed, interspersed, interspliced, one of those interspersed. words. Interspersed. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, with footage of Vince McMahon in the famous post, um, I almost said 9-11, post-Montreal <laughs> Screwdrop interview. Oh, with full the, caked with makeup. Yeah, you, with he's the glistening with, Brett, the, with the rouge. With the Brett screwed Brett Brett. line and Vince McMahon with the fucking shiner um, trying to act like he didn't do anything wrong which is great that was after that was after a a, a stiff punch from Brett the Hitman Hart to Vince McMahon we'll get there said goodbye this is the filmmaking genius of uh, Paul J Paul J which is just like I I don't know if this guy's ever done a goddamn thing other than this in his life we watched the documentary on YouTube from his channel that he uploaded. Yeah, which for the record has like three minutes of blackout at the beginning. And then and, bars. Yeah, and then like the channel code bars. 
So, like, I don't know. It's a very interesting way to publish your own material to YouTube. Hey, he only had what uh, the National Film Board could provide for him at the right? time. <laughs> There's only so much you can do with that. So, okay. Yeah, it starts off with him. They go into his hotel room, and they're, they're it's like a brief intro interview about his feelings at the time right before yeah. uh, the pay-per-view. Like showing up the night before, basically. Yeah. And you, you, it's iconic. It was in the trailer, the lead-up trailers for the documentaries. Like Everyone says wrestling's fake, but it's far more real than people know. Or I, I'm paraphrasing here. And then leads into Brett's career, Brett's, uh, Brett's yeah. life. They do a very good job uh, in the early part of this documentary getting over aspects of Brett's family life, which I thought was a, a good move. Yeah, family of uh, 12. Yeah. Of course, and uh, you you meet Brett's extended uh, extended family, his immediate family. <laughs> yeah, his, immediate know, family. It feels like forty fucking hearts. And what I love is like I feel like the Hart family are either pretty people or not pretty people. It's, it's not a lot of middle ground there. Yeah, some of them are lookers, some of them aren't. And there's a bunch there that sound so much like their father. I'm concerned, you know. <laughs> Stu Hart, what a fucking figure. <laughs> yeah, so, he's he's the he's the the. The Ghost of Christmas Palace oh, throughout this entire documentary. There's definitely a bit of a, a Stu Hart burial here. Uh, <laughs> not his actual burial. That would be several years after this. The man actually held on for some time. Yeah, quite. And he's 82. He's 82 at the yeah. time of the documentary. And it shows. He's like, he's old as hell. But uh, still tougher than a $2 steak, really. <laughs> yeah, and he looks like he's ate a few, too. <laughs> that's the thing you always forget about Stu Hart. And then you see the footage of him in, like, Stampede in the later years. Or, like, he's just got this big gut barrel ass. thing. Yeah. yeah, he's just big barrel ass. in a very interesting way. Yeah, it's So weird. you hear about Stu's background, definitely. Uh, well, first, it's like Brett going through a bit of his family life, being yeah. a young kid and getting in fights at school. You know, simple shit that you kind of do when you're building up what... You know what a person is like. Yeah, but they do who they very... are, who they are in in retrospect to their yeah. you know on screen persona. Yeah, and they do an excellent job here focusing in on Stu and you know Brett's relationship with his father yeah. and the idea of Stu famously in the dungeon stretching the shit out of dudes. You get to hear this great clip of a grown man screaming and yeah. crying. Some like... some guy. The that yeah. apparently Stu Hart abducted from a YMCA. Yeah, yeah. Like, I always love that he'd go to the YMCA and some guy would be like, "Oh, I'd beat up that wrestler." And Stu Hart would be like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> and you got Keith Hart, uh, one of Brett's brothers, one of the Tell quote unquote normal, yeah. normal ones. He's a fire, firefighter. Marks. He's a firefighter and a teacher in Calgary. Anyway, <laughs> he's talking, to, telling a story about uh, how Stu would get these guys who think they could challenge him and stretch the hell out of him in the in the dungeon. Yeah. It's like, oh, you, you can't come in here, tiger. Uh, maybe you might show me a thing or two. That's great. <laughs> I also like how Look at his heart is getting a little French here. That's great. <laughs> they even had, uh, like, I forgot about this, but they actually had a guy, like two young wrestlers that looked like, show up. And, and a Stu child. There was a child 82, there. Who was totally enamored with it. He loved yeah. watching this guy get torn up. And so Stu, so this guy's coming in and this guy is like, oh yeah, you're going to stretch. Oh, let's do it, Stu. Like he's getting all excited. Yeah. And Stu beats the fuck out beats, of this guy. Oh, just, like, oh, just you look, stretching you can him. see his eyes popping out of his head. He's like slapping his fucking oh, bald head. Like, it, like, a, like he was banging a drum. It was nuts. It was hilarious. Because again, he's like 82 <laughs> years old. And he's like, it's fine right here but if you extend the arm yeah, it's a goes, little bit he's <laughs> like I couldn't feel nothing sir <laughs> oh I love it so much this guy thinks he's gonna die and of course that like could you please stop sir and he's like smacking his belly while he's stretching him I'm like wow <laughs> I love it I love it so much and I love the uh, the Keith Hart story he tells a, he does a great impression of his father everybody yes. does a Stu Hart impression yeah, but, but Keith Hart is down real fucking good yeah 
Um, and just seeing him tell these stories is great. But then you also realize the other side of this. So Stu Hart had an interesting life. People forget uh, aspects of Stu Hart's yeah. life. Brett tells it very quickly. This is over a land dispute. Somehow, Stu's father ended up in jail, jail yeah. and all of his kids ended up in foster, foster care. care. So it sounds like there's a big story there that I don't know anything about. I'm it, not going to speculate it gets on. It's dark, and then wherever wherever Stu landed, he got felt like Brett kind of shortens the story a bit. Fell in with a with a group of shooters. Where shooters are catch wrestling guys, they do like hard mat submission yeah. wrestling, and those guys just lived. Uh, I, torture is maybe not the word, but. They train a, you to do it. It was a shit test. You know, um, I can't imagine that was that weird at the time. It was the 50s, the 40s? Yeah, it'd be around then. And uh, I feel like you probably have a lot of these gyms where, you know, the idea was like, if you come back, you come back. If you don't, no problem. Yeah. You know, the idea is to kind of put you through it. And it sounds like Stu got put through it a lot as Push such a you young right guy. Push you right to the limit, they, were, um, they would be saying. And I think Stu's the kind of guy who looks at those events and feels like that probably, if not saved his life, was very formative in the kind of person he built, was going yeah, to Yeah, built be. him to who he was. And of course, he did that same shit to his kids to some extent. Maybe not the same level. I'm not going to Which assume. is interesting, too, because like Brett kind of regrets talking about him that way. Yeah. Like, it, it, like he, he just... He felt like through clever editing, he made it made him sound made uh, Stu sound like a fucking monster, which he wasn't. No, but let's be honest here. What he's expressing is is assault. Stu beat beat him up and beat up his yeah. kids. Now, I, this is a man from a different time. We can play that fucking game, and I'm not here to like hold Stu Hart to the fire. Yeah. But even in that documentary, I think Brett does a very good job of also saying he's like, you know, he's just I understand my father and I see the world through his eyes. Yeah. Like I understand why. This is how he would approach these situations, how he would like, you know, raising 12 kids, man. What's that yeah, like? Yeah, tough him out. So what according is the, to him, <laughs> you know, yeah. But again, not appropriate, this, that or the other thing. But it is interesting to kind of build this idea that like Stu was a tough man and he was tough to Brett. And Brett had internalized that in a way. Very. Where yeah, it seems like very. he he feels like. Not that it's a good thing, but like you have to be direct. You have to be forward. You have to be. This is how a thing is yeah. with people. And that you can't take shit be... off of anybody. And then yeah. Brett uh, and his sisters, they all have like the same story lined up about how Brett, because uh, they got picked on a lot. Like they they were poor growing up and worse off for them to other kids that they were just some phony wrestling family. Yeah. So all the all the sisters. And Brett tell this story about how Brett beat up this kid that was this bully that was two years older than him, and just you got a got a taste for power. <laughs> yeah, I love that story too. So Brett's telling the story of like walking out at the end of the day to fight this bully who's two years older than yeah. him, who's been picking on his uh, sister. sister. Brett is going to school in Calgary. He says he's in eighth grade. So it's, I guess, middle school here and high school was like a kind of a Essentially, at, yeah. Yeah, at the time. Um, so this kid's two years older than him and and he's leaving. And I love the part where he's like, and a teacher wished him luck. I love the idea of coming up in a generation where teachers are like, good luck with your with your assault. Hope that hope that goes well for you. Which is funny. I have a friend who is student teaching right now, and he he tells uh he's telling me a story. It was like, I cannot get involved with this, these two girls willing to kill each other in junior high. And I was like, <laughs> right? Yeah. God damn. <laughs> 
fast fast uh, or rewind that back to whenever back in the 60s when brett was going to school the yeah. teacher's like well good luck yeah <laughs> meet him well brett <laughs> interesting to say the least but anyways he was pretty successful there and he draw drew a parallel again i forgot i i keep saying forgot because like if you were a canadian wrestling fan especially if you were in your formative years in the late 90s yeah you probably watched this 40 fucking times it was just they aired it all the time yeah um so on every sunday on a yeah for a long time <laughs> and he uh draws the parallel there be between that and i think it's at wrestlemania 10 when he uh, wins the belt yeah he wins the belt there yeah. off of yokozuna and he talks about all the all, all the other wrestlers coming out and putting them on the shoulders which yeah. he didn't know was going to happen and he yeah was just and then like, the kids oh, the kids like back when then. i was eight yeah because yeah, put him on his shoulders thing. after he conquered the 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 hero conquering the the evil bully and oh i loved it i loved it it's just such a funny <laughs> little fast parallel forward to, to like 30 years later <laughs> so we get this so we got some ideas of brett and the film is being set up where brett is you know a moral person who's trying very hard to do a thing he takes seriously well yes Fair, you think? yeah oh yeah uh later on in the documentary is a guy who compared brett to hamlet <laughs> oh we'll get there that's hilarious i forgot how fucking bad off the record was it's just a show like what a shit show that michael was. michael landsberg god brought to you by the keg <laughs> the keg steakhouse and grill Still. jesus and brett was on that show quite a bit like rick flair oh, a yeah. lot of wrestlers a lot of people were vince mcmahon uh, it was vince big McMahon in canadian tells sports in general Landsberg. but wrestling especially yeah oh, yeah i covered it all but like it's one of the I, first places where you started to see a lot of shoot interviews it, oh yeah. very very like even vince mcmahon he's getting into it with yeah. michael landsberg because like michael landsberg's challenging him if you can look it up it's pretty funny oh it's great I he just it. gets really pissed and it's fucking hilarious and you fuck vince. um yeah <laughs> this is definitely the fun fuck vince hour for sure so we've <laughs> I got Brett kind of so a lot of this documentary then after this point is kind of about what's been going on with Brett's character at this point right? in the year want... in that in that summer summer into fall. Do you want to give us a quick overview? Well, uh, how would you describe Brett's career at this moment? He was the hero, and just because how things were changing in their competition with WCW, they needed Brett to change his character, something that he. He didn't, which is funny because like Heart Foundation, the original him and Anvil were fucking heels when yeah. they started. So what, like, why but his... we watch those matches, man? And it's some goofy heel shit. I understand, but they were settle down, Anvil, settle down. On paper, they were bad guys, and yeah. then after they broke up, and then Brett got his singles push, he became he was the hero for fucking yeah. ever. Yeah, and it was I guess it was something that he got accustomed to. Of course. But he, again, I always call Brett, especially during his time in in WWF. In this era, it's consummate uh, company man he was doing anything and everything he can to to make the product better. So they gave him the chance to turn heel, and he took and he ran with it. But he's then he started pushing, you know, uh, family values and how the product, the WWF product at the time. Thank you, Vince Russo, uh, is turning into smut TV and just trash TVs. Like, well, my kids shouldn't uh, shouldn't aren't watching it. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, your kids probably shouldn't either. He's literally bad mouthing the, the uh, bad mouthing WWF is fucking own company. Yeah. But because of the political machinations, with uh, you got the rise of Stone Cold. Yeah, and he's already. What's interesting about this is we are getting that reality crossing thing in pro wrestling. Yeah, because he's already running the heel gimmick at this point. Austin is. No, no, I think uh, well, they it, both are. Well, they they are. Like yeah. I mean, like if I'm not mistaken, the interview with Michael Landsberg. When he says that, yeah, he's already king of Canada, 
yeah um, enemy of the states kind of vibe <laughs> enemy enemy of the states enemy yes. of the states all of them <laughs> all, all 50 not just the state i don't know specifically uh, pittsburgh pennsylvania when he yeah. said he was gonna put a that toilet great. In there. i do appreciate it. i was just or like, an enema he I wanted to stick that. in an enema yeah i regret that <laughs> I, I shouldn't have said that i don't feel that way <laughs> but and maybe I, washington <laughs> I mean, yeah i do like how the fucking director is to go a little washington, what, 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 washington. oh yeah probably washington, washington. but uh like what? yeah brett brett is uh coming under fire a little bit from all sides because he still wants to be the hero, but they don't see him that way anymore. So he does turn heel at the same time. He's competing with guys like Shawn Michaels and Austin who kind of ran the heel gimmick a lot better and you get the switch off from them. So Brett's kind of in fucking limbo right now in terms of his career. Yeah. Erstwhile, like he's getting offers from WCW to get come over for big fucking money. And due to his, loyal to a fault nature ultimately declines said offer for the meantime yeah and then goes back yeah and agrees to and agrees to and it was funny too because we were watching the interview on the documentary there uh where uh, yeah i think it's jim ross that's cutting the pro or cutting the interview in the ring and up until that time like wwf couldn't couldn't and wouldn't and never did uh uh, acknowledge anything from like wrestling observer any of the dirt sheets so you get this all this weird like rumors starting yeah. and then they finally had to acknowledge it and it, everyone's on pins and needles of whether or not he's going to fucking wcw or not and turns out not for the time being they even have him in the ring saying i'm gonna be here forever, forever yeah i'm gonna end my career here and, and brett vince mcmahon it. brett believed that though and then vince mcmahon who at this point i'm pretty sure was not on screen as the owner of no. the wwf no no no. but the cat was out of the bag but he yeah. still kind of kept but the i'm just the announcer they cut to him as the goofy commentary guy, and he even has this look on his face like he was, I don't know if he was shocked, but he was relieved that yeah. Brett was like, oh, I decided to stay. And I was like, what the fuck? Because that wasn't documentary really footage. That was like, it, it cut yeah. to, yeah, camera one cut to Vince. And he's like, all right, all right, Brett. Exactly. 20 years. And uh, well, that was the interesting part about this. So Brett gets an offer as the movie presents it. Brett gets an offer for nine million dollars over three years. years. He says specifically, "I never dreamed I would get that, that kind of money," and he wasn't getting that kind of fucking money at the Fed either. at all. Yeah. Um, and so as the story goes on, he eventually goes to Vince McMahon. And he's like, "I don't even need money. I just need give me a reason, reason to, stay. to stay. Do yeah. something for me. Yeah. Give me a commitment." And what he ends up committing to it sounds like such a toxic 20, relationship. Exactly, it sounds like a like a really oh, bad no, episode like, of nine hundred two one zero. Like he's it a gets bad crazy. boyfriend, Vince McMahon. For the sure. worst, he's the most abusive. He's clearly narcissistic, manipulative. Likes to turn it around on everybody. Abusive. What a shit. God, we've all dated a Vince McMahon. Some of us literally. <laughs> um, well, could either confirm nor deny my uh, my Vince yeah, McMahon. Yeah, exactly. Despite with those, those pictures, well, you guys walking out of the keg steakhouse and grill, <laughs> bought me a nice so, steak dinner. Never called me again. <laughs> it's this great setup. So Brett has this offer. He goes back. Vince gives him twenty fucking years. Um, what a year contract and. Apparently not a bunch more money by any means. It just really gave him a giant contract. Yeah, he gave he him, yeah, gave him 20 years and creative control. Yeah. Over, over the, the last, last 30, 30 days. Years, 30 days of his contract. Yeah. Um, uh, two point, uh, quick side note, fucking Sean Mike, that's leading more into their fucking feud. Are we ever going to cover the actual match? Oh, yeah. We yeah, will. we will do it. We, we will. will do it. But Sean is fucking razor hot pissed that Brett's getting a guaranteed 
20 years. Yeah, this isn't in the documentary, yeah. but this has all come out later. Yeah, this I comes think, out later, and he's fucking mad because, like, yeah. like, Sean is making anywhere between uh, half a million to yeah, 7,500,000 yeah, 7, a year in that, in that bracket. Fucking at least money. before at least before WrestleMania 14, yeah. he's making yeah, yeah. that kind of fucking big money and he's still pissed that Brett got 20 fucking well, years. I, I get it too, because it's probably not just that, right? Yeah. He, two two personal friends of his had just left and gone to another company. Yeah. And and he was he was fucking like, well, maybe I'll go there too. Yeah. But he didn't have the he was he was contracted in in a way where yeah. he was secured. That's the way a lot of this goes too. Is the rumor is that in the uh, in the back, a lot of the talk was that, you know, we have this guy. This guy is going to go. Yeah. So we have to put it all on homie. Although, of course, that didn't really work out for them. Well, fuck. Shawn, Michaels Shawn and Triple H fucking wormed their way uh, into Vince McMahon's ear. And I'll, no one, I'll never fucking get it. I'll never get how they fucking managed to get yeah. that deep into his into his ear to control, to manipulate the way they did. Well, Because nobody else got away with that except yeah. for them. And it's like, it's mind-boggling i think well this is what makes vince mcmahon an interesting person to me um is it almost seems like he turns on a dime sometimes um, well yeah like, like he'll like be deadly serious about a specific technique or a specific outlook or a specific thing but then somebody will present it in a way where he's like no 100 percent that now and i feel like in that business that has helped him a lot more than it's hurt him um, but, only get luck, go by by luck for so long. That but again, proofs right now. That's really. part of what's going on here, as yeah. he puts it in this documentary via the interview that he does, the Brett screwed Brett interview. That uh, he was a lot of had a lot of people around him telling him that Brett, you know, he can't get rid, he can't let Brett go. Yeah, you can't. Whatever you got to do. So he kept him, and he regretted it ever since. This idea that other people <laughs> made him do it. Um, Jesus. Again, I didn't. I didn't want to hurt you, baby. You, you made me do it. You made me do it. So I let you do what it. I love, especially at this point, once you've got the setup of like, this was the WWF extension of 20, uh, 20 years versus the 9 million uh, in three years contract with uh, WCW. You now have this great, uh, like almost like a bomb of tension. Yeah. The rest of the, the documentary after this is like a fists closing tightly. Yeah. And I loved it. It does this thing where it's like you... You kind of get the vibe that it's almost like a shootout that you know something's about to go down. Yeah, you know? it's it's ticking it's a ticking time bomb. Interesting other interesting point, they don't talk about the fight. They don't talk about the Brett Sean fight no. and ripping the hair out. They, they don't talk about it. And they, that's like the hugest mm -hmm. fucking part. That made it into the dirt sheets that mm -hmm. it had happened in mm -hmm. the 90s. Like I remember reading it at a fucking IGA. <laughs> like holy shit, they ripped their hair out in the backstage and it wasn't on TV. Like, there's a lot of weirdness to it. I wonder how much of it is just at framing a documentary as a narrative. Um, and, and like, so like we already want this because I think part of it is like, they don't work very hard to make you hate Shawn Michaels in this at all. No, 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 no. It's more for Vince McMahon. Yeah. Like, and I think that's the right way to look at it yeah. too. Um, especially but, for what they're doing in this documentary. It's much more about. And at the time, and at the time they didn't, Brett believed Shawn at that point, at least before the, the documentary came out, Brett believed Shawn didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Or couldn't confirm or deny it. 
or you just didn't in that moment. Yeah. Because you, you never say after the fact that like I, I, I fucking they probably knew it. fucking did. But just yeah. like again, I, you're so focused in on what's yeah. happening in the moment, and like you're not worried about that. Yeah. Although Julie, fuck that fucking clip. Okay, we'll that's get the promo. That. That's the promo of 1997. So, we're still not even quite. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, so we keep jumping to the to the end. These, this great buildup has taken place, and then it's this this back and forth of the contract is done. Brett has this moment where he talks about his career ending. Which is, again, what a way to phrase that by Jesus. sending a, a fax in, in 20 seconds, seconds. His career's over. Just watch the fax. Which is pretty quick in 1997 to yeah, get exactly. a, that's a, fax that's a good fax machine. <laughs> so we've got this whole tension build set up and we get to see a bit more of this kind of tightening. And then this is when Brett is having the conversations and the interviews about like yeah. the current state of the product, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And so, then uh, the fa- coming coming into a fallout with the twenty year contract, yeah, which wink, yeah. like Vince McMahon was like, "Okay, pal, I'll give you a twenty years, Brett." Wink. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, and then just okay, so that gets all set up. Vince McMahon gives him the call. Guess what? Can't live up to that contract I agreed to. Nope. You should talk to the other guys and see if you come back. So he agrees, and he does, and he does get the deal. And uh, my favorite part about this, though, is after Brett is opening up a little bit about his feelings about the direction of the product in general, according to this documentary, and Brett's the one saying it, is that, you know, Vince leaked that Brett left for the money, right? Right. Brett's leaving for money. Yeah. And you see uh, this crowd, I don't know, it's a house show or what, but people are like... (laughs) telling me he sold out yeah people are flipping him off in a way that they weren't before and like he's feeling like maybe they're trying to bury him as a person and like fuck his career up this is also when he starts career sabotage like, like you they're, took, they're trying to sabotage you made him. me a bad guy yeah and then you made somebody else a worse bad guy than i am so how do i get myself back into this and game? You, yeah yeah he talks he kind of like blends austin hbk together it's like yeah you got you got the one that was a super awesome bad guy turn him into a good guy i'm the bad i was the great good guy now I'm bad, but now you've taken all that and given it to Shawn Michaels. Exactly. And, and it's like, like, what, what do the I fuck? have? Yeah, what do I fucking have? And I got the Heart Foundation, but which is weird because they got like all the titles. It was nuts. Oh, yeah, for a while there. <laughs> but again, Brett has, he he's chronically thinking ahead. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. No. In fact, it's helped him a lot in his career, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, he's just got the mind of somebody who, again, grew up in the business where he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now is, is rosy, but in three fucking weeks, is anyone going to care? What do I do with this next? And yeah, where do we go from here with me? Like I'm still, I'm still viable. So the tension's all there. And then it's coming down to the day. You got to do the job, Brett. You got a Vince McMahon called me. You see Brett talk to his wife. He talks to fucking, uh, Stu, um, and he he tells everybody he's like you know Vince McMahon told me I have to do it I have yeah. to do it and he's you like have I'm to not going to do it Sean. I told him I'm not going to do it I'll fucking it can be a schmoz is a word you hear a whole bunch yeah I, um, I'll you, do it you, next night on Raw just let me walk out of Canada champion that belt I'd appreciate it well and then he reneges uh, Vince spoiler alert Vince reneges on the whole fucking contract and says you got to take the WCW money you got to go yeah you have to go but you got to drop my fucking title first to yeah. Sean. Yeah. And at this point, Sean and Brett. This is are, interesting. Yeah. Sean and Brett had that big fucking fight where they're ripping each other's hair out. Like it's yeah. like an episode of Dynasty for those who remember that this show. This is an unsafe work <laughs> environment. environment. Yeah. Sean Michaels is unsafe work Get environment. It. Somebody's been handing him union literature and I appreciate <laughs> and Jim it. Jim Cornette's like, what in the fuck is going on here? <laughs> they, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah he reneges on, Vince reneges on the contract. 
and he's got to take he's got to go to WCW for all that big money and it just kind of breaks his heart for <laughs> pardon the pun <laughs> breaks his heart and he doesn't know what to do and at this time him and Sean are fucking not talking yeah oh and this they is had the fight thing. they don't talk for Again, a long fucking so time this Again, because you remember all the shit with the 25 plus years of shoot interviews you've heard since. So the story gets kind of mixed in your head. But rewatching the documentary, as we previously stated, there's not a lot of bearing of Shawn Michaels. Not here. at all. No. And, you know, in and in sort of a way where you kind of feel like a little more in the gray of what's going on. We should absolutely watch the uh, behind behind the dark side of the ring is that what it's called <laughs> the dark side of the ring episode about that fight yes because they yeah. do a very good job of getting into the reenacting it yeah about not just that but about sean supposedly telling brett i would never i'm never going to do the drop job for yeah you i would never do that I, to you i would never do it for you yeah and drop the title yeah mean. yeah so this is all left out to some degree in fact we see some very good photos and videos of Shawn michaels playing, playing with brett's kids kid. yeah like yeah. and the, but they're not talking and it's weird and then like uh there's that there's that uh, scene where they're in the limo with Honky Tonk Man for whatever reason. Yeah, <laughs> how how the fuck did that guy work into it? The head of WWF Canada or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I forget his name, but the guy's yeah. name. But they're all sitting there, kind of talking about like, yeah, and that, that was like, their the first meeting. That was their first up. meeting since uh, since the blowout, oh. and then that they're planning for the match. And yeah, Brett's uncomfortable with the idea. He did not want it because he wanted Sean to fucking earn that title from him. It had to be earned. That was the whole fucking point. There shake was, the hand, do the job. Shake the hand, you know, do the job. But it had to be, it was a matter of respect. It was, it's just Brett being, not Brett being Brett, but Brett being old school about things. Being like his dad. I think That's how it would have done. Even to give him a little more credit here than that even is, uh, even of just being old school, just like, we'll work together, man. Like, give me the guarantee that you're going to take care of me and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, but Sean is not, Sean's me. already yeah. plan, planning the, the thing, things in the uh, grave already. He's planning mm. to fuck him and it's so fucking let's unreal. Then. Let's do it, Josh. <laughs> let's get to the fucking. <laughs> let's fuck him. <laughs> um, so it's the night of the event. It yeah. is uh Survivor Series. In the year of our Brett, 1997, November. November. Yeah. yeah he's got his, his uh he's got his, his remembrance poppy on like a good Canadian boy. With the green uh inside too. Uh bring back memories. Yeah. Strong, strong memories. Wow. So Brett <laughs> uh is at the event. You hear multiple conversations with Pat Patterson. Conversation where Brett is mic'd up with Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh he talks Julie talks to Earl's brother. The uh, twin, Dave. Dave. And I, we weren't too sure which was which at this point. But it looks like Dave had a couple extra pounds on him at this point. That was the big giveaway. <laughs> I was like, they're going to pull some more twin magic. Maybe it was never Who, Earl in the ring at Again, all. 25 years of shoot interviews, we find out that Earl had his brother waiting in a car so that when yeah. he ran out of the match, and boy, does he ever run out of this match Holy shit. That yeah, he ring the bell, and he's just like, ring, 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 points it, does like a weird like, what the fuck wave at the both of them, hops out of that ring, up the ramp in the it's car gone. and they're they're off to the next show see you see you next see you tomorrow god the carniness of that whole thing <laughs> like, get out of time the, montreal okay if the they're grift in is over leave now if they're in montreal they probably went to like quebec city to do the to do the following raw uh, it's easy to get lost in that city especially before google maps too right all the street signs are <laughs> fucked up north points northwest i don't get it yeah um probably you, got lost in the way and they exactly. deserved it damn it <laughs> Still looking to get out of that fucking city. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing goes down almost instantaneously. And you get kind of the vibe, again, not mentioned in the documentary, but after all those interviews, after 25 years, you get this feeling that Brett was pretty sure something was going to happen. 
Yeah, and he's he like guaranteed or not. He wanted to give them the opportunity. Yeah, um, to do the right thing. So Brett comes up a little like, "What the fuck?" You see him spit into Vince McMahon's face. Everybody yeah, after after he comes side. back up, he starts breaking fucking monitors, doing the whole thing. Sean faking like he didn't know what was happening, but went and grabbed the title anyways. It's, it's a couple things are wild to me here too. <laughs> um, well, we'll get to that at the end. Maybe we'll do a little overview of it, but. So, yeah, everything's all fucked up. We go to the back. Now, this is where stuff gets really fucking interesting. You got Brett in the change room, and Sean is there. And it's amazing to me that Sean went and got changed in the same room as Brett at this point. That's the power of his acting. That's insane. And he swore to God, good Christian boy. Yeah. Not at this point. No, no, no. Not at this point. But uh, <laughs> we're not Jesus. Multiple Sean times. Is this is like you'll deny me three times before the cock <laughs> the crows, crows race. Yeah. God. But yeah, Sean goes in to 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 fake pretend in their fake pretend wrestling world. <laughs> that like, uh, he's like, I didn't do it. I didn't know about it. And yeah. Brett was like, whatever. And then Brett and Brett talks about how like because Vince comes in. Uh, everybody kind of leaves and it's literally just Brett it's Brett and Sean and Vince yeah. and Sean according to Brett Sean's like crying in the corner and yeah. uh, Vince is like I didn't want it to go down this way and like now before Brett's we, naked before <laughs> like, we get to the actual moment Brett there, had a shower and came so out everybody's he's naked. out everybody gets put out into the hall this leads to a great moment where yeah. you're standing in a, a relatively narrow hallway oh yeah got brett's wife julie and, and some of the kids there with the kids yeah. and across from her are a bunch of the boys including hunter yeah and she fucking read his goddamn rights it was beautiful it was it was it was she, the promo of 1997 she as a as a mother of, of like 40 fucking kids i don't know how many why is everyone four children so many kids <laughs> four children just four the hearts i can't count man if I could count, you think I'd be doing a podcast about pro wrestling? Get the fuck out you of here. You are a wrestling fan. He, uh, two plus so two is he four. reads him his goddamn rights and is the most beautiful moment to me in this whole movie. Because, like, again, I get the vibe of a mom who's seen people lie to her more than once. Oh, and yeah. she's just like, she's like, you fucking knew. And she goes, oh, I didn't know. Yes, you did. You yes, had a you fucking did. meeting today. Yeah. And she, like, goes through the whole thing. And eventually she's like, Hunter, you know, what goes around comes around. Yeah, God's going to strike you down. And in a very know, thick uh, Calgarian accent, God's going to strike again, you down. Not to get too much into the research here or the future. <laughs> NXT 2.0 and recent serious heart cardiac problems. cardiac trouble. He put his put his boots in the ring at WrestleMania. Julie Hart, Julie, uh, Hart has the fucking evil eye, man. She will put you <laughs> down. This is like thinner. This is a goddamn Stephen King took, story. Took uh, twenty five plus years, but it, it, God God, did, God effectively right. struck him down. But. Um, so it's a really beautiful moment, and he won't even look her in the eyes. We and I think he's talked about it since, too. Barely. Well, she was. I give him credit in retrospect, being like, it was all me. It was like that. I do like that part where he's just like, fuck it. If he won't do the job, we'll do it for him. Yeah. We're going to make him. That's, yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. He is quoted as saying that. And he said it, and uh, he's at least willing to take it. And I would believe he would say that over Sean. Well, he's. You know? Triple H is a consummate heel. Of course, he's going to well, say that. More than that, again. Triple H is a is a smart guy, you know. He, he is the fucking game. Said it himself. Oh, completely. I think his his brain got him farther in that than specifically athletic talent did. I mean, he had a great look. He wasn't a, a lunkish dude by any means. No, no, no. But like, his his a lot of it came from both how he booked his matches, both of how he talked to people in the back, the friends he made, like that's who he married. Exactly. <laughs> you know, is that part of his mind game? That dude had some weird fucking taste, man. His girlfriends, I'd like to just line them all up and just. 
What the fuck is going on here? One of them's dead. <laughs> that happens. Almost, that's the depressing part of this movie. Just dead, <laughs> dead, dead, dead. Just dead, looking at yeah. all people. Michael Hayes dead. Wait, no, Michael Hayes is still alive. Yeah, that was funny. Is Michael Hayes alive? I'm like, yeah. Like, I feel a like producer. He's definitely that guy for me where I have to remind myself. I'm like, is Michael Hayes? Did he die yet? No. He's a free bird. What's your excuse? Right. <laughs> that was oh, his. God. That was his. He used to sing his own theme song too. <laughs> oh God, yeah. He really likes himself. You get to hear some of his uh, patent did voiceover work. I mean, he used to do the commercials. Or Michael Hayes. Hey, hey, he was hey, Doc oh. Hendricks. He was Doc, Doc Hendricks in the... Doc Hendricks. Which I don't get. Whatever. Oh, Vince McMahon just loves giving people fake names. Have you been watching this shit? They're of calling course. somebody Katana Chase. That's their... Uh, that's a new gimmick name. Katana Chase. Sounds like a cartoon character from the early 90s. Or the guys will have a first name and a last name and then just go to their last name. Yeah. Austin Why? Theory is it's now, now theory. going to be... Theory. What does that mean? What do you mean theory? What's the theory? Well, I obviously, know. like I, I made mention before, his tag team partner is going to be Hi Hypothesis. Oh, <laughs> I like it. I just makes you think give me questions. the book. Like, what if Mister Perfect was just perfect? Just came out oh, as God. perfect. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Rick what Rude, are you doing? simply rude. Rude, <laughs> rude. Okay, that one might work. He was literally painting people's wives' faces on his cock. How rude. Um. So you got that great Julie Hart moment. So we cut back. Uh, well, we don't cut back in real life <laughs> yeah. as this is going on. Josh, you want to fill us yeah, in? Yeah, Brett's, uh, they get back. Like, I'm trying to remember as best I can from Brett's Bible. But uh, Brett's going into the shower. Sh uh, Sean's crying in a back corner in the locker room. Vince is in there and waits for Brett to get out of the shower. And Brett takes his sweet-ass time, comes out of the shower, he's in the towel, and they start going, I didn't want it to end this way, and Brett's like, fuck you. Pow, right in the kisser. And I, at one point, Brett becomes naked. <laughs> this is naked man standing in front of you. What a Will sexy it, story, what, though. <laughs> kick, about to kick your ass. This is like a Chuck Tingler. I love it's it. It's crazy. So yeah, uh. punches him out, and in, knocks him right out. And the ensuing fall... Uh, Vince rolls his ankle like to the point of breaking. So when uh, I guess the Stooges come in and and Shane and whomever to collect the to old collect man. the old man this and is they're my favorite part of the whole yeah they're coming out into the same hall where Julie's just finished cutting her promo and uh, one of the cameramen or one of the one of the Stooges is like don't look at the camera yeah you can <laughs> and hear he's in him a say it. he looks like a fucking uh, uh, Mortal Kombat character that's in stun mode yeah absolutely he's he's. <laughs> Trying his hardest to walk straight, like again, like watching a drunk take a test. Yeah, you know, he's, whole, he's like, walking, walking a line, say the alphabet. Oh, he oh. got shamed in front of the boys, which like, fucking beautiful. how long, how long after was that? That couldn't, it had to have been the next day the when interview? he did, when he does the interview and Brett screwed Brett, he had to go that far to uphold his honor I can't and remember I'm exactly. proving it to you. At the very least, you. it was less than a week because... It yeah, it had to been. It if was, it wasn't yeah. the next row, it was the raw after. Yeah. But uh, that's a hilarious part too. So you get to see a bunch of that interview and famously, Vince McMahon is a very bad judge of how he comes off. Uh, and... Try to make himself the fucking hero yeah, of the he, story. We got rid of Brett, so forget about him. Yeah, and he thinks that he looked good. It's one of those situations where after that interview, he's just oh, like, yeah, I did fine. And everyone's uh, like, you, you kind of fucked us, man. I don't know what we're going to do with this. Fucking hubris on the guy. Um, just, to, just to make an example, like firing him, screwing him over. To, to make an example to of Brett to the other boys, which is like, and the, your point so, is. Yeah, and the so the... This documentary ends a little bit after this, of course, uh, but there's a couple interesting parts here. Like, they do show 
Stu watching from home. Um, <laughs> but like again, he's just super post too hard face where it's just like he's there, but not really. Yeah, the, the TV could be turned off. Yeah. I, I can't tell. And for the record, this isn't like an age thing. I'm not making fun of Stu Hart for being old because if you watch that footage of him when he's actually in the ring in like the, the 70s or whatever there with Brett. Yeah, yeah, he's still wrestling. He still looks glassy-eyed as fuck. Yeah, but, <laughs> but uh, wrestling. <laughs> so, but Brett also makes the comparison here that what he did was based off of like what he learned. It was like, a, I can't remember how he phrases it, but it was like a Stu Hart that was a Stu Hart call. Stu Hart, Stu Hart judgment call. Like I'm just gonna punch him. We're gonna walk away from here. I'm not gonna. Yeah. This isn't a court thing. I'm just gonna fucking hit yeah, him. We're that's gonna it. move on. If you you can't fire me, I quit. Yeah. And so, frankly, I think it's a very beautiful moment. And it, I, I noticed watching it this time. This documentary. Um, well, first of all, it finishes off with Brett and Stu just kind of hanging out. And they, At Hart House in the yard, and they're they like walking get, up. They put a little superimposed. Oh, Brett Hart now works for Ted Turner's WCW. And as we all know, that worked out perfectly yeah, fine. We all, you know, we, they Brett went off into the sunset. For another 10 years, run 40 more championships, travel the world. No, obviously that's not the case. But the end of this documentary, apparently, we're still in that world. Um, so a couple things about this documentary I want to bring up. I do love... Um, some of the juxtaposition that's going on here. Yeah. It's there's a lot about Brett's dad, right? And then there's a lot about Brett's fractured relationship with Vince McMahon. And he Brett make, mentions a couple times very much father to his yeah. father. Yeah. He compares like, you know, if the company's doing bad, I feel like my dad, like, you know, when was working for my dad and like what that was like and do yeah. I just jump it's easy to jump shit always willing I, not not just I guess willing to please is not the right word but willing just to do more yeah do everything Loyalty. he can to to family to get him to the, values yeah this all to get up. to get everybody to the next level and that meant doing business the right way not the way that he was treated yeah. and so I I do like this comparison of it's it's kind of like Brett's two dads, you know, Brett, how Brett relates to these two men, my two dads who were, sitcom. Um, <laughs> they're not your dads either, but, uh, it's just kind of Brett dealing with this idea of like how he learned to be a person through Stu yeah. and then how he spent 14 years of his life trying to apply those rules and in a, in a Vince McMahon world yeah, where and those then rules do not fucking apply exactly because it's more important for Vince McMahon to make sure the boys know that he can do it to anybody, anybody. yeah make an example and, and that's exactly yeah. what fucking happened so uh that's it um and I would really only love get... anything else what any other feelings you have about the documentary oh uh some of the best parts in the documentary uh, I'm in the crowd for some of the Calgary Edmonton stuff. Yeah, just look for the eight-year-old with a mustache <laughs> and goatee. Yeah, I'm in the crowd. Like uh, my my grandpa took me to the show. Uh, both of them, like we took a greyhound to go see, go all the way to Calgary to s spend all day at the Stampede to watch that pay per view, and then the next day on Raw. And it was it was a swell time in my childhood. I really like. Yeah, it's probably the it was best a big moment. Time. Yeah, that Stampede show. Um, the in your house, uh, Canadian stampede, stampede. which is yeah. great because they couldn't just call it the Calgary Stampede. I wonder if it was for copyright issues or they didn't think Calgary was important. Enough Calgary is not important enough. They have to make a point that's in Canada. Either way, well, I, that I, was a big. That was such yeah. a big fucking match, man. Like oh, five huge. on five is a ten man tag. Famously, Holy shit! If you're watching that match, um, you see the camera shake from literally people screaming. Yeah, the crowd was so watching, hot. Like the saddle yeah, dome was like vibrating. Concert. It was so much fun and like. 
Uh, some of the, my other favorite parts. Yeah, and I think Owen gets the pin on Austin on that mm. one. The fucking crowd just blew up. Yeah, you see the you see the entire Hart family just jump over the the railings or whatever, and they just surround the ring. And it was and whatever like, smart and quick thinking Calgary kids also thought. The yeah, the, thing, yeah, because like there's a part where like Brett's like, "Are you one of?" One of ours, he's like, no. He's like, ah, just cheer away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just not do anything. In, in the book, in Brett's Bible, uh, it's a very poignant moment. It's like it's like one of their best family moments. Oh fuck yeah! And yeah, it's it was it was a great show. That's like, some old school shit that used to only happen if you own the promotion. You know, yeah, like, that happened on Eric's Stampede. Would have these like, moments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stampede. This is probably every three weeks that have this fucking moment. Yeah. So it says a lot to have it in a international company like this, and I can't think of another example since where they've really done that. Mrs. Dad, but like not. Well, he's Brilliant always kind of worked family. into like a into a family, but having in this like crew of yeah, people, like the whole like, the whole damn family. Here come the grandkids. Often, <laughs> a lot of people will put this as a much watch pay per view, and it is is a great fucking match with. Uh, uh, We'll review it one day. Talk, oh, talk of Michinoko. Yeah, oh yeah, that and everyone talked for that for fucking match. It's nuts. Oh my god, that's amazing. And the whole the whole show's good. Yeah. Even the worst match on it is is totally it's watchable. still good. Yeah, we will get to that one uh, later, of course. Yeah, but fuck. Anything else about? This oh, okay. Wait, no, I got, I got like a list in my brain here. Sorry, I'm just yeah. trying to compress it out. Uh, love some of the backstage stuff about the other wrestlers. Uh, that's fun. Brett's like trying to do business with, with McMahon or I, I think it's with Pat Patterson they're planning out a match and he's with his kids and he's like oh go find the uh, he's like looking around uh, the headbangers <laughs> go bother them for a while I like that just trying to <laughs> vaguely look for a wrestler that his that kids Brett, like go fucking trust. talk to them get out of here don't bug your father uh, yeah some of the backstage uh, they get into Sonny mm mm uh, will they, won't they? I will they at least fucking say, <laughs> it's quite clear, 97 is some peak sunny period. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Most downloaded woman days. in 1996. God damn, well earned. On AOL.com, well if you remember uh, your internet. <laughs> with all her current problems, every time I see her, I'm always reminded of a... Manslaughter. Manslaughter. <laughs> by how allegedly. That wasn't allegedly. Was she convicted? Not yet. Well, it's alleged. Her toxicology reports are like due to come in any day. But, she uh, may or may not have killed a man. <laughs> well, who hasn't? I mean, come on. I've never got drunk and damn near almost who killed somebody. Who hasn't committed at least one vehicular manslaughter? I mean, come on. I need my lawyer. Live your life. <laughs> but um, I, I will say that like, seeing her at this time, it really is reminds me of how talented she really was. Oh, and man. I'm not just trying to say she was attractive. There's a lot of attractive yeah. women in the WWF. Uh, between the time she started and the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. Some would argue maybe too many because they're hiring a bunch of people like who are just attractive. And I honestly think it's because like, oh, maybe we can get them to do that. Because like even Sable, Sable Oof. was never good at what Sable did. Sable just had a ridiculous body. Listening you know to Jim I mean? Cornette in the meeting, because uh, when they're hiring uh, Mark Miro and her, mm-hmm. he's like, we need her in the white cotton panties. I oh, bet boy. you Vince now, I swear to God, like I, I bet you Vince hates... The state of women's wrestling. Oh, of course. I bet you. I. Uh, he was happiest when it was just a. Bunch yeah, of when it was just them. Yeah, around. he loved it when the Godfather's hose would come down. I bet you, uh, dollars to donuts. Vince probably has like a seniors moment in gorilla position. He's like just yelling at the girls. Somebody get me Sable. <laughs> Sable knew how to get the job done. Oh boy. Hire her back. Oh boy. <laughs> like, I guarantee that's happened. 
I love it. Well, her her husband still works for the company, you know. Oh, Brock! Apparently, they spend most of their time in, in, in Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh, they're not that far. Yeah, he actually wrestled. Uh, side note: He actually not wrestled. He was in uh, the UFC once, and he was actually wearing the Canadian branded. Uh, That's shorts. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like yeah. so happy to be from Saskatchewan now. I guess. It's I, just the brand. He's feels just, like a lateral move, though. You went from Minnesota <laughs> to Saskatchewan, and you're like, yeah. Well, Brock literally stole her from Mark Miro, and then like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, what are you going to do, Mark Miro? Uh, nothing. It's Brock Lesnar. <laughs> There's nothing I but can also, do. But also, like, what the fuck would you do? Because like, I, you kind of get the vibe that like things weren't going well for them before he showed up. You know, like the on on like in, on camera and stuff. Well, yeah, because she was getting put over him. Yeah, huge. She him. beat him. She beat him and in I the ring. She power bombed him. Mark Marrow saw himself as a real potential guy. You know, well, there there was he also, really wanted like Chris to... Candido a little bit in that way, but Ooh, that, that situation was much different. That's, definitely. that's even worse. That's an even worse situation. Well, I don't even know if it's necessarily worse. It sounds like they actually did just have an open relationship. I don't think so. You think she was just it? From what I hear of everybody else is that he didn't care about that. He was sad and depressed about his life. He's just a guy with fucking depression. Because also, I kind of feel like if Chris Candido wasn't happy with it, why well, he is a a. a Guy who's in good shape, you could fucking leave her and find somebody else with nice tits. Yeah, you know? but he—I guess he really loved her. That's sure that was the whole—that's the whole story behind that too. And like, uh, I, I don't know, you'd be react. fucking depressed too. I uh, think heartbreak like... kid, Mister Steal Your Girl is stealing your girl. Well, again, it wasn't even steal your girl because she'd come back. You Oy. know, my understanding Boxing. is it wasn't that 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 twisted. But again, that's—I think that's a lot of the '90s bullshit where yeah. people, other people who are sleeping with these people are not having the comfortable situation and. uh are probably putting that on him too, right? Yeah, but and he yeah, got he got cut down. down. Fucking no, yeah, and he was getting cut down so badly by the click too backstage because of it. Like it's yeah, it fucking fucking weirdos. Awful, but, awful time. Uh, anything else? Oh, anything uh, else? what else? It's cool seeing uh, early mankind. Yeah, yeah, cool seeing early gold dust. Yeah, they had to make a point to bring up gold dust because of the gay factor that and even he brought out. to the table. Well, it was nice that they did try to like bring in the uninitiated, the non wrestling fan, by being yeah. like, "This guy is completely different than his character." Yeah, these but these are some people thing. that you might know. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Vader into real estate. Who knew? Who knew yeah. that? <laughs> God. Like, it's funny. Uh, the marks. Oh boy! They're, That's they interview the whole a bunch okay. of these fans in the states, all holding Canadian flags, flags and shit. like pro Bret Hart fans. We we've we've covered the meat and potatoes of the the beginning, middle, and end of the documentary. What's mainly another big part of the documentary are the fucking marks, the fans, and it's we joke every once in a while. And this is from 1997. We joke it's like, how many of these guys voted for Trump? I'm like, I want to see their Facebook profiles. <laughs> like, there's a, there's I wanna, definitely, I see it. there's definitely a lot of big, um, it's still real to me. Oh God. It's, they believe it. They yeah. fuck. Okay. Maybe, maybe they, they know it's a work, but like they, they get they, their dander up yeah. about their guys. I remember, and I, I keep forgetting that's a real thing. Oh, sure. I remember my grandfather at the time, even being kind of like, he knew wrestling wasn't real. Yeah. He yeah. has a martial arts background. He yeah. can tell what a work is a work. But at the same time, he believed that guys really didn't like each other. And apparently that was, <laughs> yeah, true. was true. Between Brett and Sean, you better so believe it. It's fun to see at this moment. We are actually watching that crossing of the lines between yeah. reality. And like they've never been really able to replicate this because it was more reality than it was wrestling. It was, it was as real, real as real could be. They've tried to... WWE uh, um, has tried to 
do the faux Montreal screw job thing multiple times and it's never really worked, right? It never played out. It's they've done really, it. They've actually no. done it. They've done the screw job a million times on TV. Mm-hmm. They did to the rock once and I'm like on a SmackDown. I was like, mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just reminded <laughs> of the uh, NWO referee bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they had their own referee. But the marks all oh, and some of the signs that these marks would uh would come Everybody's up with God. They put in God on everything and no one can spell Brett is God. Brett. Yeah, double T. Every, Remember yeah, you were you're like, oh, they didn't Google it before they wrote it. I was like, what there wasn't Google back then. It's 1997, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> we were like working it down. Uh Metacrawler? Yahoo? The, yeah. No, it was AOL Ask search. Jeeves? <laughs> Yahoo, AOL. If they had it. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, like the, the marks, Brett's crying towel. It's some that's a great sign. Some chick just kind of like half dancing and like holding this fucking. I think that that's one of my favorite wrestling signs of all time. <laughs> Brett's actually. crying just a towel. towel that says Brett's crying towel, and she's holding it up while Brett's cutting a promo about how everyone's <laughs> left him, and it's great. Um, uh, some of, like there was that one Undertaker fan, and he was like, he's like, why do you think this is happening? Why why are you guys booing Brett? And he's like. He's like, they told us, they told us we suck first, their fault. And he's like hiding behind like his fake tombstone because he's yeah, dressed as the Undertaker. So weird. Like some of this like American exceptionalism stuff, again, in a pre-9-11 world, that's, uh, it's real spicy how, how <laughs> USA everybody is. America, there's that one guy who just like space out his words because he couldn't get it. Oh God. Sounds like yeah. us when we do the podcast, but yeah. like, uh, America, I don't care what anyone says, America, number one. It's just like it's some fat playing. asshole. It's you remember, he's like, <laughs> he's like, Bret Hart is one grape that needs to be squashed, and Undertaker's gonna kick his Canadian ass. That was probably the most succinct <laughs> part of that segment where they were interviewing fans. It's, oh my god, that's 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 the culture. Me uh, and Mr. Dylan here try to avoid being a hundred percent a part of. I think Absolutely. you and I are active fans, but we're not like we're not going online. Oh. And I, this is before you could go online, but yeah. like, this is their chance to like, I'm going to say this on TV. Well, it's wild <laughs> like, to see people who are like in their thirties act like I did at the time when I was 12 years old. Exactly. You know? It's it so like, oh my God, your world's that small, right? It's just like, they're so into like that one woman being like, Brett encouraged, encouraged me to, yeah. My encouragement to go back to school and for computer Your graphics. graphics. <laughs> You're just like DeVry <laughs> University. Yeah, Two year program flashing through your head. <laughs> Just thinking about she's watching that screw job and she's gonna quit it all. And well, they cut a nurse to her after the screw job, or I, I don't know if she was there, but like they cut to her at uh, it was the same woman that was doing the interview. She's like, all these fans would have been cheering for Brett, and they should still. He believes in family values, and she's like, yeah, I, I'm Brett inspired me to go back to school, and it cuts to her after, at the end of the documentary, and she's just like, just. Somebody took her her DeVry University diploma. She's not away. happy. She's not, not happy. happy. So I think that's really about it, Josh. Um, oh, it's so funny. Just the fans. The fans I, just drive me nuts. I think we should still keep to to, to podcast form here. Uh, Brett had a variety of outfits, some better than others. <laughs> the fashion. Do you want to point out that, that late period Brett, where he's got like the little yellow lining on the on the top, was a good look. Yeah, I yeah. liked that. That's the pay per view look. So what? Out of what what's do you give this? Oh, honestly, this is like one of my favorites. It's not Michael Moore top tier documentary. You know, I no Ken Burns. That's for sure. <laughs> no Ken Burns. Didn't learn shit about the railroad in this movie. <laughs> like I never knew what I felt more upset of, set over uh, 
this documentary, Wrestling with Shadows, or Roger and Me. <laughs> I can never, never decide. Uh, honestly, nine out of ten uh, stew stretches. Ooh, horrifying. I like I it. I love it. I remember watching this as a kid, and my mom and my dad being like, you were there at that crowd, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was cool seeing an Edmonton Oilers jersey. <laughs> Brett were rocking a Doug Waite jersey. Right. So oh, cool. God. It was so great. Probably yeah. one of like the five times in his life he ever wore an Edmonton Oilers piece of He's uh, playing gear. up for the crowds because like he's hated in oh, the yeah. States. In the, in the pro-Canada side of Brett, when that happened, Brett always wore fucking these hockey jerseys, but I felt like every town he went to, he was wearing their hockey jersey. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he wore, he wore a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. And uh, yeah, so eight out of ten, you say? Nine. Nine out of ten. Jeez. Nine. I love I, this documentary. It's just it just takes me back to a very simpler time. It, we're wrestling and after this, hey, man, everything Josh, fucking don't sell yourself short. You're still pretty simple. <laughs> You're a dull boy, Joshy. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, like after this, like wrestling really skyrockets for a while. Yeah. It gets pumped right back into into uh the public uh public foresight and nothing's been the same since. Yeah. And of course, uh, it's one of those kind of things you watch. And you're like, boy, I wish they made a sequel. You know what I mean? Like they, they oh, well, the WCW years could have done a whole lot. Oh. And I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of that. We've already talked about some of it before. Yeah. Um, I myself am going to go with an eight out of ten. Um, Always undercutting me. Just because I think this documentary needs to get cut a bit for the fucking music choices. <laughs> this is real Canadian production values here. Good. These weird like tribal drums at different points, and then they just seem to be a couple songs that I, only thing I can assume are these are free songs you were able to get because they're a Canadian artist. You're funded by the film board. That's <laughs> like a write off or something. It's supposed to make you wistful. That's another funny thing too. The it's, there, he's clanging and banging in the gym, and that song you don't like is playing. But the trainer is like, he's got another ten years in him. Like, oh, you mean two? Oh, that's so depressing. Yeah, because yeah. he just turned 40, too. So part of this documentary is about, oh, Bret Hart's getting a little older. Was he yeah. Be? But uh, yeah, it's wild. So that's it for me. Um, how do you feel? Anything else we're missing, Josh? Are we good? I think we're, yeah, it covers it all. I just love this documentary. It's so much fun. You get a chance on YouTube, watch it. It's uh, It peeled back the curtain when they weren't really fucking doing that at all. Yeah. Right. Later on, Beyond the Mat would come out, and then that really yeah. pulled back. That's like I feel like this documentary, in a lot of ways, is the beginning of this like uh, the the death of the kayfabe. You know yeah. what I mean? This is oh, really yeah. where it is at a point where the backstage stuff is better than the um, in than the what stuff. you're yeah what you're seeing on TV. So that's it for me. Uh, Brett Watch. Oh, Brett Watch. <laughs> Brett Watch. Yes. Got to constantly Forgot. remind oh this God, guy. How could I forget? So apparently, um, only is only a little bit of Brett Watch going on here. Some more FTR related stuff. Is it confirmed? Apparently, it is. If it's not, I'll cut it out of this part. <laughs> Redacted. But apparently, they are going to FTR is going to face uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and. Um, Arn Anderson Jr. No, yeah. I don't know what his name. Brock Anderson. Brock, Brock, Brock Anderson, Anderson. That's it. Um, Sons of the Horsemen. Are they going by that tag team? Name? I'm not sure. I don't think they are at this moment officially. They did not in AEW or anything. That's for sure. That's fucking cool. But that's um, cool. yeah, the, the word is they're gonna have a match, and the Brett might make an appearance. Uh, so we'll Ooh. see how that comes out. Again, this isn't AEW related. This is uh, independence. You for uh, you, well, no, we watched we watched the first. AEW pay-per-view when they first started together. And you remember, Brett came out with their title. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy it. who uh, who uh, announced the title. Yeah. yeah. Just debuted it. Yeah. Which he, is crazy. Uh, that was like just hot off of his uh, WrestleMania or WrestleMania Hall of Fame bump, remember? Yeah. 
Yeah, Holy yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. And then F- yeah, FDR came to the rescue. They beat the fuck out of that guy. Oh, I remember that. Like, heard- Yo, we should review that fight. <laughs> like some asshole at the Hall of Fame fucking tried to <laughs> tackle Brett. Remember, remember I was fucking watching it? And it, like, it just cuts out. It's like, bleh. God. But now we're giving it away. We've got to hold the sauce for the next Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Shut up, it's shut fine. up, Josh. Shut okay, up. so we're going to call it. Same Brett time, same Brett channel. So we are going with that. That's I love it. Okay. Adios. Adios. <laughs>